thoughts are just thoughts, right? If you don't take action on those thoughts, if you don't create a plan with those thoughts, they're just thoughts. Every successful person who determines where they're going to go doesn't just say, I'm gonna achieve this goal. I'm gonna lose 20 pounds. And then they wait, they create a plan and then they do it. Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I feel like I haven't said those words in a while. Today's podcast is a topic, and I am excited about this one because I feel like I'm on this like uh, this life-changing tip lately, man. Um, I've been having really deep conversations with just different people uh, that I work with as clients, as well as the team, as well as mentors of mine. And uh, there's been a, a lot of just thoughts and ideas around, honestly, just deep thinking and, yeah. and just figuring out all the different puzzle pieces in life of how to make what we're talking about today, radical change, yeah. right? And I think that radical change- In it, a positive it, way. In a positive way. And it's funny because radical change would be one of those things that's very scary and somewhat hard because people, I, I've said this before, people, they all want change. If we want betterment in any way, we want change, right? Yeah. If we want better results, if we want uh, more money, if we want bigger investments, if we want a new relationship, if we want- new scenery where we live anything it's all change right it's also scary yeah because you have to do more you have to change your environment you have to do something right so change is both one of the most positive things that we can ever experience assuming it's change for the better but it's always one of the scariest things regardless if it's changing for the better or worse change is usually scary some people embrace it more than others yeah but i think scary or it's relative some people don't think it's scary some people might be motivating yeah 100 percent. but as somebody who loves change, you, mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that it is scary unless there's people that aren't like me. I assume the people who love change are similar to me in the sense where it, it is scary at first, but the more often you experience change and the more you reflect on how positive it is every time, the less scary it becomes mm. in the future. You know what I mean? Totally. So I think, cause me and Shannon have that conversation sometimes, even with the, the whole Texas thing, you know, that's probably the biggest change it's not probably, that's the biggest change I've ever made. Yeah. You know, obviously we're not there yet, so I'm not full flesh like scared or experiencing it, but there's a part of fear in that, you know, moving to Texas is a big deal. That's, yeah. that's a huge move, but I handle it better than most people. I, I'm probably more easygoing than she is about it. Cause I'm just like, yeah, but change is good. Like I just know it's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be positive. Like, um, she obviously worries about Blakely, but yeah. Blakely can't stop talking about it. She's like, we're going to the, uh, when are we going to the place that's always sunny? Yeah. And like, she's telling everybody, yeah. we're like, okay, like. You show her the tornado video? Yeah, she saw that. She took, she brought it up yesterday. She was like, uh, saw it. she didn't know that it was Texas. Uh -oh. She just saw a tornado taking a trampoline. Because <laughs> <laughs> me and Shannon were talking about it. Like, hey, I was like, see, we shouldn't bring the trampoline. She's like, we have to bring the trampoline. Damn. We'll, we'll make it stay in the ground. I was like, I don't think, like, you, you can nail something but it's a tornado yeah <laughs> it's taking it yeah um the nails with it um but no like just change in general right it's, it's it can be scary it can be uh, something that creates a lot of scarcity for people but when you jump in you create change usually it's always for the better right yeah. and if you embrace it you know more than anything like i think change is also one of those things that it's the the benefits you get from it scale with your enthusiasm for it and what i mean by that is if you're going to make a positive change whether you are scared or not, it's probably going to be a positive change. But if you embrace the change, it will probably be even better. Like you'll get more out of that change. You'll yeah. get a better result at the end of it. Um, 
so I've been having a lot of conversations with a lot of different people, uh, clients and mentors and friends and family, all these different things on just change in general and, and creating, honestly, just really life-changing results in your life and even through the lens of fitness because that's what we do, right? We're, we're fitness and nutrition coaches and professionals. But so often, like we, and this is why I highly recommend you guys listen to the Taylor Transformations podcast, like quick plug for that. Um, obviously, I mean, it's not really a call to action because it's another free yeah. piece of content for you, but go, it's always in the description. The link is go subscribe for that because even if you don't listen to every episode, you never know when an episode's going to pop up and you're going to read the title and that individual that we help create a transformation with is just like you. And you're going to want to listen to that if it is just like you, because you're going to hear somebody who is in your shoes well, was in your shoes because now they've transformed, create that transformation. And what you'll hear in those episodes is what I'm talking about. Nine times out of 10, vehicle, uh, the, the vehicle for this life-changing transformation might be fitness, but it's not necessarily the 20 pounds lost or the 40 pounds lost or shit, one of the episodes was about 100 pounds lost. It's not necessarily the pounds lost that is the biggest benefit or, or positive effect of the transformation. A lot of times it's the psychology of the individual. It's the confidence that's built with it. It's, it's the grit, the discipline, the motivation, the, the values. Like some people find their true identity when they go through that stuff. Because when you're going through a transformation, especially physically, you're doing hard things. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. There's nothing more powerful than, than challenging yourself to physically transform and then discovering more about your character, yeah. your work ethic, your personality, the way your mind thinks, everything along the way. So I've always said, like I used to, I actually made shirts for clients back in the day when I was training at the gym. I said, your body is the fastest path to power. And it had the Boom Boom Formance logo on the front. And, and so basically like what that means is if we think of power, everybody can d identify that in a different way. And when you define power in the dictionary, usually it's like physical strength, like you're a powerful person. But to me, power is, is different. Like to me, that's just being strong. You're a physically strong individual, but being powerful, especially in your own being would be in control. Yeah. Like you are powerful spiritually, emotionally, and physically and psychologically. You have a strong mindset. You're disciplined. You have uh, character traits of somebody who is powerful, not necessarily the biggest muscles. Right. And so when we think about that, Usually fitness, and, and I believe just the body as a whole, is the path to get there. There's so many people who have had life-changing transformations from a uh, spiritual, emotional, and psychological aspect that started with fitness and nutrition. Yeah, It's kind of like the lower, the what do they call it, the low-hanging fruit, right? Because it's easy to go, okay, I'm going to start a workout plan. I'm going to start drinking health. Like you can kind of bite off a little bits, and you start changing, and you start pushing yourself. You start building grit and discipline. And then next thing you know, you're doing personal development, and you're hiring a coach, and then you're like doing better at work, and now you're excelling in your career. And all these things change because your energy, your enthusiasm, your confidence, your self-belief, they all are a indirect positive benefit of physical transformation, right? And so I say that as a pre kind of a context before going to this topic because we're going to talk about radical change. It's not just fitness, but I think that you're going to hear this more and more on the podcast because not enough fitness professionals focus on this stuff. I don't think there, there's a lot of people who aren't equipped to do so. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have the experience personally, or in, in our case, some of our people that work for us, like literally like through schooling and stuff to dive into the psychological aspects as much as we do. And we're going to lean on that more and more as a company because we know how important it is. And we also know like for the listeners, we know how much great feedback we get when we talk about this stuff. And the reality is, is if, if I can help somebody lose 30 pounds, that's awesome. Yeah. If I can help somebody lose 30 pounds and 
also change their life completely because we take longer. I expand outside just the realms of fitness with them. I have deeper conversations with them. I get them doing journaling and meditation, all these other things. Like that's so much more fulfilling yep. than just losing some weight, I you know? It. So, um, cool. Let's yeah. uh, get into it. So yeah, we are going to, uh, break down five different steps to help turn your life around AKA five steps to radical change. And these are in sequence yep. too. So the last one we did like three things. Yep. Like equanimity, monotonous, uh, monotonous, and then, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the word I used for the last one. That take action. Um, it wasn't take action, but yes, essentially. <laughs> but in that podcast, we had three aspects, and we've done a lot of just numbers and different things. But typically, it's it's like that was three rules. There wasn't really an order for that. You don't have to accomplish equanimity before you make a monotonous structure to your routine and schedule and habits to, to build. But this one, it literally is in that order. Like you need to do step one first because step one leads into step two and the three and the four and the five. You look it up. Yeah. It was uh, lead with action, not feelings. Mm, there you go. Go listen to that podcast if you haven't. 908. Cool. All right. Uh, we will start here the first one is become aware and accept your current state so uh, the simplest quote here is awareness precedes change and what awareness precedes change means is that you cannot create physical spiritual financial emotional psychological you cannot create any change any results anything without first becoming aware right if you're trying to if you at like if we're on the phone and I was like, hey, how long does it take to get to Seattle? And you're like, well, where are you? Don't worry about it. Just tell me. <laughs> it's like you have no awareness of my starting point, right? And then you can't tell me how to get there, or you can't tell me how long it'll take because it's different. If, if I'm in Tacoma versus I'm in Tukwila, those are two different things, right? Yeah. So, change requires awareness as a as a like a prerequisite before you can even do anything else that we're going to get into because awareness is the the real raw state of where you're currently at. So this can be, and this is actually what I think causes most people to not get results, especially in the physical realm, is because before you can take action, you have to become aware. And you not only have to become aware, you actually have to accept your current state, not make excuses for yourself or create a pity party. You just have to own up to where you're at, right? I've told my story uh, quite a few times over the years, but there's obviously you know a lot of new listeners that probably haven't heard it. Um, I think it would be cool to do, like I got to, we should do like a origin story again because it's been a minute for like sure going through everything. Yeah. But when I first started like trying to lose weight and getting into fitness at all, the first thing I did that actually got me to initiate this. And at the time I was completely, I was unaware that awareness was the key to me seeing results, but I was unaware that this was going to be like the catalyst. But I, I never really stepped on the scale. I didn't really go to the doctor because once I graduated high school and my parents couldn't force me to go, I'm like, I don't need, I'm, you know what I mean? Like you just, you're not really responsible. Yeah. Don't go to the dentist. Don't go to the doctor. I also would avoid scales. I would avoid the mirror. I didn't really like pictures. I was overweight. So that's what you do when you're insecure about it. But there was a point where I literally got out of the shower, walked over to the, to the uh, mirror. And I remember just staring at myself. Right. And that was my point of awareness and acceptance. Because I looked at myself and I was starting to get some stretch marks like inside of my thighs and I could see it starting to show up on my like love handles area. And I knew it was going to like, they were at the start, but they were going to start like actually getting purple and stuff yeah. like that. Cause the ones on my legs already were. And so I'm like staring at myself and I'm like, dude, 
what the hell? Like, what are you doing? You know, and I had to have that real moment with myself. It's the first time I really stared at myself. And a lot of people listening are like, how is that the first time you ever look at yourself in the mirror? It's not the first time I ever really looked at myself in the mirror. But there's probably a lot of people listening. And this sounds weird. And you don't necessarily have to do this in order to create awareness. But for me, that's what worked. I stared at myself butt ass naked in the mirror. And I just literally kind of gave myself an ocular pat down. Yeah. Right. Which is something from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But I'm looking at myself and I'm identifying my weak points. I'm identifying what I don't like. I'm identifying where I, I'm unhealthy. And this isn't like a shame session where I'm just beating myself up. I'm just being real about it. I'm like, bro, like you have stretch marks, dude. Like you sweat walking up the hill. Like you're not athletic. Yeah. You don't play any sports anymore. You eat like shit. Like I'm just owning up to it. It is what it is. This is where I'm at. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to tell myself, yeah, but you don't know how to cook. Yeah, but you're going to college and you're trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, but you're still young. Yeah, like, no. Like, you smoke weed, you eat too much, you don't have physically exercise, and you look like shit. Yeah. And this is where you're at. And I just owned it. But that point of awareness first and acceptance of like, okay, here I am. Yep, that is me. This is where I'm at. Now I can create change because I accepted where I was at. It's huge. And I also accepted... That I did it to myself, yeah. right? I didn't blame my hormones. I didn't blame my part-time job. I didn't blame my school. I didn't blame the fact that I still live with my parents because at the time I was 18. I didn't blame anything. I didn't blame that I had a knee injury and I was like, ah, but, you know, I gained weight even more so after surgery. Like, no, I didn't own or I didn't like create any excuses or rationalizations. I just owned the fact that this is where I am. I put myself here because there could have been ways that I avoided it, but I didn't. Now, what the hell am I going to do? Right. So before we can create change, before I create change, I had to own up to where I was at and I had to become aware of where I was at and becoming aware. Isn't just like, okay, you're fat. It's, it's okay. You're fat, but how much weight do you have to lose? Like identify the amount of fatness you have, yeah. right? Identify your weakness, <clears throat> right? Is my knee better? Okay. If it is, then I can do whatever. If it's not, then I have to specialize my exercise to make sure I don't re-injure myself and gain more weight. Right. But I had to identify that. I had to become aware of my circumstance and the potential excuses that I would make, like living at home, like not having a bunch of money, like having a part-time job, like going to school, like all the things that I probably would have created as excuses as to why I was already there. Those were going to be things that pop up in my head as rationalizations to not do the work along the way when I'm creating change. Yep. So I'm going to identify those right now. So before you can create radical change in your life, you have to figure out where you're at. If you want to make more money, if you want to start an investment fund, if you want to excel your career, where are you at? Where are your bank accounts? Where is your budget? How much money are you spending? What are you spending it on? What do you need versus what do you want? What is your career path? Are you already in it? Or is it a complete career change? What would that require? Do you have to save up before you can jump careers? Do you need certifications? How long are those going to take? Like, Become aware of everything before you do anything else and just accept that you're not where you want to be acceptance is one of the most powerful things in this whole entire process. And the reason why I think people don't even make it far enough to take action on their goals is because one, most people don't actually have the, and I want to give kudos to everybody listening to this because of this, but most people don't even have like it in them to stop and try to become aware, right? They just go through life. They're not stopping and reflecting and trying to get better. So if you're listening to this podcast, you do, because this podcast is just about getting better yeah. in your life. It's Coming personal development. Aware. Yeah. So first and foremost, shout out to you for listening to this because that means you are like the 1% of people actually doing something about your life and trying to improve it. But after you figure that out, you have to accept it. And a lot of people won't accept it because it makes them feel bad. You know, like if you, if you're 
becoming aware you're owning up to it and accepting it that it's your fault you're not making excuses and you're admitting that you don't like where you're at or what you see that doesn't feel good I felt like shit when I was doing it but I also felt a little bit of hope because I was finally admitting something that I could create change for right and so any area of your life right I already broke down the career financial physical you can do this in your relationships if your relationship isn't where you want it to be at why what are you doing to fix that? What are you doing to contribute to that? What aren't you doing? Which is usually even more important answer in relationships, not what you're doing, it's what you're not doing. But figure that out. Become aware of your own circumstance, especially if it's in the realm of a relationship or with somebody else. Like figure out what, where you're at, what you are, who you are, what you know, what you don't know. Like this is all this, this starting assessment phase. And you can just do a huge overview of your life and figure that out. And once you become aware, you become uh, you, you start to accept where your current state is at. That's when you can begin to create change. And that's when we move to step two. Yep. Step two is take change of what you can control and disregard what you cannot. So that should be uh, take charge. Okay. Auto type me <laughs> when I was sending you I thought you, that. you were trying to literally transition from the first one. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Um, okay. So take charge. Take and charge of what you can control and disregard what you cannot control. So... This is like the obvious, you know, like people always say, it's like, just focus on controlling what you can control. Focus on what you can control. Ignore what you can't control. I think that's, I, I used disregard for a reason because I think if you say, hey, just ignore what you can't control, you're an idiot. And I don't mean that, I mean, I do mean it to be blunt. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but it is impossible. Hey, there's a pink elephant right here. Don't think about it. What? Like, you can't not think about it. It's a pink elephant, you know, yeah. like that whole thing. So, the reason, once something's in your mind, you can't ignore it. So you're not going to ignore what you can't control because to an extent, if you ignore, then you're actually not aware. Very and, true. You know what I mean? And so like, if there's things out of my control, I have to be very informed and aware of them, but I can't constantly try to change them because I can't change them. I have to take charge of what I can change. So I'm, I am focusing more so on what I can change and I'm actually doing the work and taking action on what I can change while I'm just disregarding what I can't control. I'm aware of it. I know it's there. I know what it is. I know what it affects me with, but I'm not going to like lose sleep on it and stress about it because there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Right. So you don't want to be oblivious to it, but you, you, it'd be stupid to say ignore it because you can't ignore it. So when you're disregarding it, you're just pushing it aside and you're focusing on what you can control. So now that we've become aware, so for example, in my situation with losing weight, I was going to school, I was working a job, I like really didn't have money to afford good groceries, like nice gym membership, personal trainer, any of that kind of stuff. So I'm like looking at this thing, I'm like, okay, those are kind of out of my control right now. What is in my control? Okay, well, I can park further away in the school parking lot which I tried to avoid because it was a hill. Highline was on that big ass hill. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't in shape, so I'd get to school sweating my ass off every day if I did that, which I was like, you know what? I care more about losing weight than I do about these students who I don't even know, and I just ignore anyway because I put my headphones in when I'm not listening to the teacher. So yeah. I'm going to do that. That's something I can control, right? I can control the type of foods I eat, right? So I didn't know about nutrition at the time, but I knew that there was cereal boxes that said low sugar or natural or healthy or just stupid cheesy stuff i knew that two percent milk was probably more like i at the time i would say fat than zero percent or one percent at the time it's just a calorie balancing which i wasn't aware of but i was like okay i'm just gonna get non-fat milk 
that probably will lead to results. Yeah. So I'm like literally going, all right, I'm going to drink diet Mountain Dew instead of Mountain Dew. I'm going to drink 0% milk with special K cereal instead of Lucky Charms. Like I was 18. I was just like eating munchy food, but I can eat healthier munchy food. Yeah. And guess what happened? I started losing weight. So I took control of what I can control. Now, fast forward to where I'm at today. I can actually afford some of those things. I'm not going to school and work part-time job. I own a business. So there's way more things in my control. So it's even better. And so you listen to this might have way more things in your control than I did when I was 18 trying to lose weight. And I was 18 trying to lose weight and I had lived my entire life as the chubby kid. So if you're making excuses as to why you can't, trust me, you can. Like you can absolutely lose weight. Anybody can. But the point is, is I'm just going to focus on what I can control. So if you're trying to change your careers, can you control... If a person hires you when you're trying to shift careers or you're trying to get a new job or anything, no, you can't, but you can show up for the interview. You can do your due diligence of studying. You can, uh, like we talked about in the one podcast, make your, uh, Instagram profile a little bit better. So it's a good resume because people are going to look at that. And yep. if you're your, going, on, your online presence, exactly. Yeah. So, so how, what are people going to see when they look you up? You can control a lot of those things. Right. And so those things are going to impact something that you can't control. So in a way you can indirectly control it. You can't control the decision the person interviewing is going to make, but you can influence it. And so you should try to control what you can control to influence the positive change inside of the uncontrollable. Right. But it goes across everything. Right. So if, if I'm in a position where I'm like, man, I really want to improve my relationship with my wife. What can't I control? Well, I can't control her attitude. I can't control her moods. I can't control her habits. I can't control anything about her at all. Nobody can control their husband or wife or their mom or their dad or their brother or their friends or anybody. And you can influence them. That's it. And you can only influence them by changing yourself. Yeah. Which so, you can control. Exactly. So what am I going to do to try to positively improve my relationship? Or even better yet, let's say I'm in a position where, and this is not the case if you're listening, babe, but um, let's say that I'm, uh, and I know she doesn't listen, so it doesn't matter. But if I want her to change how she's treating me or acting towards me, let's say I can't even really like... There's nothing wrong with like us. It's you. Like it is you. I still can't change you. And if I tell you to change, it's probably going to bite me in the ass. So what do I do then? I change myself. Right. It's uh, again, I love that saying like you, you can teach what you know, but you, you produce what you are. So I'm going to act as a person I want her to be towards me. Yeah. I'm going to treat her that way. I'm going to show up that way. I'm going to be a better dad, a better husband, a better person around the house. Guess what's going to happen? My relationship's going to change because I took charge of me, which I can control. So and that goes to kids too. Now that I think about it, if my daughter is being disrespectful, throwing fits, I can tell her to stop and I absolutely will over and over again. But if I consistently change how I am as a husband or how I talk to people around her or how I interact with her, it's going to positively change her actions as well. Definitely. Right. So the point is, is you, you got to control what you can control. Uh, in the case of fitness and nutrition, especially, you can control when you move and how much you move. You can control when you eat and how much you eat. You can control what type of foods you eat. You can control going or not going to fast food. Like, yeah, it's more convenient. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, you, you tend to make that bad habit. But every bad habit you have, you listening to this, every bad habit you have with health and nutrition, you choose to make. It is in your control. Nobody force feeds you. Nobody forces you to go to the drive-thru. Nobody forces you to choose a shitty meal versus a healthy meal. Nobody forces you to drink alcohol. Nobody forces you to go out on the weekends. Nobody forces you to do anything. Now, that doesn't mean you can't drink alcohol or go out on the weekends. I drank alcohol last decision. night. It was 4th of July. I had a few beers. Yeah. Like, and I'm going to have some drinks this weekend. Like, it's your decision, though. You control what you drink and how much you drink. You control what you eat when you're drinking. 
harder to control because you're drunk now, but throughout the week, you control everything. So stop making excuses is the biggest point. And, and the whole point of number two is now that I'm aware of what I have been doing wrong and where I'm currently at, and I've accepted that that's my fault, that's my responsibility, I'm going to take ownership of it. Now I can actually take charge of the things I can change. And so what you should be doing is making a list in your journal. What can't I control? Write all those down, like figure out what your goal is, what realm of your life you're trying to apply this to, write down all the things that you can't control and just disregard them. You know, you know, they're there because you're writing them on paper and that's fine, but disregard them. Stop trying to change them. They're not going to change. Now take charge of what you can't control. Make a list of everything in your control that you can change and start changing those one by one and tell the things that you can't control either a don't bother you as much anymore, or they start to naturally change as a byproduct, Yeah, which typically happens, you know? Yeah. So that's step two. Yep. I think that that uh, is a great transition with number two about like jotting all that down in your journal and stuff, because number three is develop your goal map, mm. which is kind of, you know, do that in your journal too. Yeah. That's but it's definitely part of it. Yeah. Um, so a goal map, like the reason I framed it that way was because I think that there's, if, if you think of them, like to me, when I, I look at a map or a blueprint, you can call this a goal blueprint. You can call it the, the goal vision, any goal board, whatever. I want it to be bigger than just one singular goal because there has to be milestones involved. There has to be directions to get there. Like if you have a goal, that's one thing, right? And a lot of people write down their goals on new year's and then number one, and I have no study to prove this, but the number one reason I think that your, people, your number one, yeah, reason. my number one reason that I noticed with people of why they don't achieve their new year's resolutions or why people don't achieve the goal that they set is because they don't write down the directions to get there, mm. right? Again, it, it, the GPS is a perfect example of all this stuff for analogies. I use it all the time. But if I know where the destination is, but the GPS is just a blank screen and it has a dot here and a dot there and then a bunch of just empty space, how am I supposed to know? Once you start driving, you realize there's a bunch of turns and stop signs and one-way streets and traffic. You don't know when you're going to get there, how long it's going to take or, or what roads to turn on, yeah. right? You're just kind of heading northeast and you'll just see if you get there. So a goal map is different. A goal map goes, yeah, this is my North Star. This is my goal. This is where I want to end up. And that's great. But now let's reverse engineer that. How am I going to get there? What's going to get in my way? Yeah. What's the controllables? What's the non-controllables, right? And so with a goal map specifically, it's literally just a goal that it's, it's written down in a, in a, in a way that allows me to see the bigger picture, see all the turns, see the stop signs, the speed bumps, the roadblocks, everything that is either a going to get in my way potentially, or B slow me down. And I can navigate around those create uh, course corrections, essentially detours until I get to that road or that destination. So now that you become aware and you've accepted where you're at, and then you start looking at what you can control and what you can't control. You need to take that list of what you can control and what you can't control and translate it into a, what I call a goal map, which is going to be like, okay, this is all the things I can and can't control. Here's my end goal. Now, how am I going to get there? So again, let's, let's use an example of somebody's 200 pounds and they want to lose 20 pounds. And let's say we're going to try to accomplish this in 12 weeks, right? Okay. So 1% of your body weight is two pounds, right? But when you get to 190, it's 1.9 pounds, right? And so we, we know we need to at least lose 0.5%. But what we can literally do is, because that's the 0.5% to 1% of body weight loss per week. But if we're in that range, we're anywhere between one to two pounds, right? And so we go, okay, how many weeks, if, if we're trying to get 12 weeks, two pounds each week, that's 24 pounds. My goal is 20. 
So I can spare four weeks of only losing one pound. Yep. Or I can push harder, lose two pounds a week, maybe a little bit more, 2.5 on some weeks, and I can afford four weeks of not losing anything. And those can be diet break weeks, right? And so you can literally look at this map. Or we go, hey, let's extend the destination. Let's push a little bit further. Let's do 16 weeks. Because now we can afford, you know, eight, like we can have, let's say, four weeks of two pounds, and then the rest of them can be one pound. Or maybe we have half and half, and then that gives us, that'll be, what, two times 16. Now we're looking at, like, that's, like, what, 32 pounds? So that's even further. So now we go, okay, I have more time to get there. That means I can push, get two pounds, two pounds, two pounds. I'm going to take a week off, increase my calories, maybe even gain a pound because I'm going to relax. Like, now you can really start looking at things, right? It's the same thing with it's essentially what we're doing when we're working with a client, we're periodizing their diet from point A to point B. Hey, this is how long, like, this is where you want to go. This is how much weight you have to lose. Here's option A. We can do it 12 weeks. Option B, here's 16 weeks. Yeah. Option C is 20 weeks. If you have a really bad relationship with food, maybe we need to slow it down even more, right? Three, four, five months. Now we look at this. What does this involve? What, like, how intense is this? How, how many like points of taking a diet break do we get? How are those going to affect us? This is a goal map. Right. And we can easily do this with a client because we know this world. But if you're listening to this and you're not doing this with also your training, you're not doing this with your relationships, you're not doing this with your business, you're not doing with career, whatever, whatever you want to learn, whatever you want to get better at. You need to be doing this because it's thoughts are just thoughts. Right. If you don't take action on those thoughts, if you don't create a plan with those thoughts, they're just thoughts. They're nothing else. They're not actually going to come to fruition. I was going to say those never get done. Exactly. So, and this is like, what is talk is cheap? Like, it's basically what it is, Yeah, you know? And this is something that like, I've, I've stressed heavily within uh, the business at TCM is like, like with the coaching stuff is like, sometimes I have things on my mind, some things I, I know are coming up or I know we're going to do, and I'm super confident about them, but I'm like, I'm going to patiently wait to say something because I need to be 1 million percent sure because talk is cheap. I am not going to say something that's not going to happen. And therefore I wait and wait and wait until I'm like, okay, yep, it's actually coming true. Let's, let's talk about it now. Um, but you need to do that with yourself. And that means again, awareness, acceptance. So now we own where we're at. Then we create a list of controllables and non-controllables. And now we can take those and actually develop a goal map. And this is not only a goal, but it's a roadmap to get there where you look at how to get there, how long it'll take, how fast you're going to go, what roadblocks are going to present themselves along the way. If a roadblock presents itself, is it a roadblock or is it a speed bump? If it's a speed bump, just expect a delayed week. If it's a roadblock, what's your course correction? How do you take another turn and get around this roadblock, right? You have to know these things. This is part of the map. And the map is the only way to success. Again, every successful person who determines where they're going to go doesn't just say, I'm going to achieve this goal. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And then they wait. No, they create a plan and then they do it, right? This is how it works. I love it. So the goal map is number three. All right. Number four is gain access and find accountability. I love that. Kind of gain access. So that's like, uh, I I took this from way back when I was in uh, Steve, I was working with Steve Krebs and some guys. Uh, in like a mentorship group years ago. And they would always talk about, um, uh, what was it? Access. There was access and accountability, but there was a third A. Mm. Um, and it's what you seek inside of a mentorship, essentially. Um, Acceptance. No, but that, I mean, yeah, they better accept you in the group. Um, I'll think of it. But basically, access is a group, right? 
if you, okay, so like we become aware of where we're at, right? We've accepted that. We create, figure out what's controllable, what's not controllable. So we can actually create this goal map. Now we have a goal map of like, okay, here's all the things I'm going to do because I can actually control them. Here's all the things that I'm going to ignore on my drive through the map to get to the goal because I can't control them. And I know where there's roadblocks, all this stuff, right? That's the whole map. Now I have to figure out how am I actually going to take action and do all those things? Maybe I say in that goal map, maybe you're brand new to this whole dieting thing. And you're like, okay, I know I need to diet. I don't know how long it's going to be. I have an idea. I don't know what my macros should be. I don't know what rate of loss I should lose. I don't know. Should I do cardio? Do I need to adjust my steps? What do you need? You need access to information. The only way you can create change really is if you have information to show you how to change, yeah. right? I can, I can like the goal map is essentially a really in-depth theoretical plan to get to your goal. But if you don't have access to information, you can't actually plug in the action steps required. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to diet for 24 weeks long and I'm going to lose 30 pounds. That's amazing. How are you going to diet? Well, I don't know yet. What, what kind of diet are you going to follow? Are you like, what happens when you plateau? How are you going to adjust your calories? Do you know how to do you do it by 5%, 10%? Do you pull carbs? Fat? Like that's all information. Yep. Right. So access is where we get information. Right. And so usually that is going to be from, I mean, obviously you can get access, you can access information from this podcast. You can access information from content, books, mentors, coaches. Like there's a lot of different there's ways. Tiers, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of different ways. And there's also a level of access that isn't necessarily, um, information, but it, it, it bleeds more into accountability, which is essentially like a, a community or a tribe or, or a sense of purpose. Like, you know what I mean? Like when <clears throat> there's something and, and again, I say it's a, a lot of it is just accountability and we're going to tap into that in a sec, but there's something that happens when you get access into a group or a movement or a product or an app or a anything, right? Again, when somebody becomes part of tailored coaching method, they've gained access to a lot of different things. I mean, for one, they're one-on-one -on -one coach, but they've also gained access to me yep. because they do hear from me and, and I am available if they reach out. They get access to a scientist, literally, because we have a chief science officer on staff. They get access to lots of exclusive content that we have on the back end for when clients are in need of something. We have things to give them. We have materials. They get access to a lot of things once they enter into our family, our team, our community, right? Tribe. Our tribe. And then a piece of that is accountability. Yeah. And so you need access because you need the information on not just what you're going to do, but how you're actually going to do it and what you're going to do it with. And then you need accountability because the reality is we're humans. We need accountability. And a part, you know, you do get accountability of having access, right? The second you become a tailored coach method client, you get access and that's a level of accountability because you know you're part of this this community, this movement, this tribe, you know that we're all trying to strive for the same thing. So you're going to hold your end of the bargain. You're going to do the work too. But once you get access to a one-on-one -on -one coach, that's a new level of accountability, right? Because now you have somebody literally talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, calling you by name, right? And, and talking about your specific situation, holding you accountable on your terms. Yeah. So I think that access is the st first step and then accountability is the second step. And the second step is probably the most powerful one. And I'm not just like doing a shameless plug for coaching because there's a lot of ways to have accountability. You can post on Instagram. I'm going to like 75 hard, right? If you sign up for 75 hard, are you talking to Andy Frisella? No, you will never talk to him. If you're just a normal person who's, it's not going to happen unless you have a hundred pound transformation. He decides to have you on the podcast because he does that sometimes. 
you're not going to hang out with Andy. Yeah. You're using his program. Now you have access to 75 hard, the book, the system, the Instagram things to post. And when you post it on Instagram, you are being held accountable to your followers. So your followers, your friends, your family, coworkers, whoever follows you on Instagram is seeing that you're doing it and they see you post on your story, check in the box. You are doing the work every day. Dues paid as they like to say. So they see that and that's your accountability. If you pay money for something, that's your accountability. If it's withdrawing every month, yep. it's your accountability, right? So I used to even say that, you know, my wife, when I worked at uh, home before we had the facility, she'd be like, why are you going? Like, you have a nice office on. Why are you going to Starbucks? And I didn't say it this way, but it was accountability. If I drove out of my way and paid for Starbucks coffee, I'm going to do the work yeah. because now I'm accountable. If I'm in the comfort of my home, I'm not always as accountable because I didn't drive to get here. I didn't take time to get here. I didn't pay anything to be here. I mean, I did. I paid mortgage, but yeah. I'm sitting in my own house. It's different. So there's different forms of accountability, but you almost are guaranteed to not get results if you don't have any accountability. And again, this doesn't mean, hey, everybody needs to spend hundreds of dollars every month on a coach or a mentor. No, you need to have some kind of accountability. If you're setting a goal and you're doing the work without telling anybody, you're keeping it a secret, you're not become like making it public information to those around you, if you're not paying for it, if like, it's probably not going to work out for you. Yeah. Like just plain and simple. Chances so you, are. Yeah. You need accountability. Um, and so access is the information and the people that you need to be a part of in order to give you the answers of what, you know, steps to take during that, that goal map. And then the accountability is making sure you actually do it because yeah. you have some meaning and some, some skin in the game. You have accountability around those actions as well. So that's number four. We have one is, is becoming aware and acceptance. Two is, um, take charge, take charge of what you can control and just write out, don't ignore, but disregard what you can't control. Then you're going to use that to map out things. So you're creating a goal map from there. You need accountability and access to the right information. And then from there, is never give up. Just never give up. Just keep going. Just keep going. So that one's pretty pretty simple, obviously. But I think there's a lot of people. There, There's actually a, I wish I, I should have prepared better for this. I would have pulled it up. But there's actually like this quote about like the percentage of people who, um, who only fail because they quit like just barely too early. You know, like basically people will get like 90% to their goal and give up and, and it sounds crazy but they do because it's it's sometimes they don't realize they're there right so there's a there's a meme of a guy he's like i think he's digging for gold or something like gold mining and he's like digging and digging and digging and it's like years you know and where he's di been digging like he's dug holes everywhere and there's like one little area left and there's like a bunch of gold sitting in the ground right beneath it and he sells the land Damn. Be, because he's like, I've started, like, I'm done. I've done this for 20 years. I'm getting old. I just need to sell the land. He sells the land and the guy that buys it like accidentally stumbles upon gold because there's just like one spot that he didn't dig basically. Right. And it's, if you, the question I would ask you in this situation, cause that's what that guy did. He gave up too soon. He should have just never given up. He would have figured it out. You know, we had a podcast with a guy named Dr. Zeno way back and he said this and I thought it was really powerful. Cause he went through some like disease and a bunch of stuff and he's still like accomplished by He became like Mr. Universe and built a big business, all this kind of stuff. And he was like, you know, I just, I was talking to somebody and I said, man, I've tried everything. And the person looked at me and said, if you tried everything, you'd be there by now. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> holy shit, that's true. Yeah. So 
you know, if you're somebody who is literally saying, I have tried it all, you're giving up because you're, you're getting tired, you're getting burnt out, you're struggling, you're one, go back to step four, get some access and accountability, you'll probably figure it out faster. But point being, if you never give up, you are guaranteed to win and get a result. You might even get the result and not win, to be honest with you, because you might get the result and realize you don't give a shit about this goal and you have to change course, but you'll never wonder what if I did accomplish that? What if I did achieve that goal? Would it have mattered, right? But the point is simple. That quote, it's so powerful, right? If you're sitting there saying, I've tried it all, I've tried everything and you're not there, you're not there at your goal yet, you haven't tried everything because if you have tried everything, you would be there. You would have accomplished your goal because you've done everything to get there. And unless it's physically impossible, you just haven't tried everything yet. Yep. So you have to never give up. Like go back through the steps. If you're not, if you're struggling, just go back. What step did you miss? What step did you not take seriously? What step did you fuck up with? And then go back, redo it and keep pushing. Yeah. Because everything that is worth achieving is hard. Yeah. It takes struggle. It takes grind. It takes sacrifice and it takes time. Yeah. I love that. Like, these steps can be applicable in anything. It doesn't even just have to be losing weight, but like just like the, the title of radical change on anything, part, any part of your life. Yeah. Well, and like, actually you should look up the definition of radical. So I don't butcher it. Yeah. I think the quote is uh, Thomas Edison. Is it? What? Uh, there's multiple of them, but it's just like, it says, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that won't work. That's another one. Yeah. yeah. That's another great one. Uh, radical. Talk, yeah. Talk about a great mindset to have. Yeah. Radical is relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something. Read it one more time. Uh, especially, especially for change, change reaction, relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something. That is not as cool of a definition as I Advo- expected. <laughs> uh, advocating or based on thorough or complete political or social change. Yeah, that's rep- true. Representing or supporting an extreme or progressive section of a I would say uh, extreme and progressive. Like that's yeah. what I'm kind of talking about here. Like extremely progressive. Like it's an extreme change is yes. what I'm going for. Radical is it's extreme. Like what are uh, synonyms of it? Uh, let's do it. Cause that'll be a better way to. Uh, thorough, complete, total, entire revolutionary. Revolutionary. Let's cool. go. <laughs> progressive. Yeah. I think re- extreme or revolutionary too, that like really kind of stand like true with what I was trying to portray with that title. I think that's right. Because, you know, if it's, it's revolutionary to you, it's not revolutionary. Like nobody's ever done it before, but radical change is something that is going to be, it's radical to you. It's so different. It's so extreme. It's so revolutionary to you where you're at that it almost seems impossible. Yeah. Right. But the reality is if you do these steps, you literally can achieve like anything that's logically possible. Yes. Like the whole, like like when pigs can fly. Yeah. Pigs don't fly. So we're not talking about, again, I always say like, I'm never going to get to NBA. I'm not talking about that. Be logical here. Remove your own doubt and just like daydream for a minute. What do you really want in your life? Now go through these steps to create that because whatever you want in your life, that's daydreaming and you're not letting your own doubt and excuses and, and rationalizations get in the way of like thinking about it. That's radical. That's a radical result. That's a radical transformation. That's a radical change. And you can accomplish that if you go through these steps. And that's why I wanted to put them out like this. And I really hope people sit down, write these out, read them, apply them to their own life and just see what happens, you know? So yeah, I love it. That is five steps to creating radical change in your life. The five steps. Um, 
yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys use it. Please use it. Share it with somebody. Send it to them in a text, in an email. Uh, Snapchat still thing. Snapchat it to somebody. <laughs> Facebook message. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Just send it to somebody. We want to keep creating positive change in as many people's lives as possible. And this is free. So is the Taylor Transformations podcast. So go listen to people who have already made the transformation with us and just listen to their story. Even if you don't sign up, go listen and then start creating radical change in your life because you're inspired because another normal person just like you actually created change. And if you're listening to me and you're like, yeah, but you're Cody and I'm different, you're lying to yourself. You're full of shit because I was. I am very, very normal. I just choose not to live a normal life or do normal things. I want more and you can want more too. And go listen to that podcast and you'll hear a bunch of people who want more and get more because they stepped into this and they did this work with us. So take this seriously, share it with somebody, post it on Instagram, take a screenshot, share it on your story, tag me at Cody McBroom. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. And of course, leave us a five-star rating review. I appreciate you guys. Travis appreciates you guys. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next time.